Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning back in. We are coming to you from Washington, D.C. once again for the March for Life of 2023, which is uh, significant and important as the first March for Life since the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And of course, as you know, the March for Life was already always planned around the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which would have been the 50th anniversary this week. Um, but we won't be celebrating the 50th anniversary of that wicked decision. Um, actually, I feel like we need a new uh, March for Life date. I think it should be June 24th, uh, if you ask me, mm -hmm. to celebrate the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Maybe someone will do that. Uh, we have on the show today my good friend and only person to have guest hosted this podcast, actually, um, AJ Hurley, formerly the director of Survivors Los Angeles, and now the director of activism at Live Action. Our friend Lila Rose's organization, of course, the, the digital leader of the pro-life movement. And so uh, AJ and I are good friends and we have long respected and valued the work that he's done to mobilize people actually in the public square and outside the doors of death and sharing some of the most disturbing, dystopic, demonic elements of the culture of death in this moment. And that has a lot to do with aborted uh, baby harvesting and baby body parts trafficking and fetal organ harvesting and how late-term abortions are performed to harvest the body parts of children for experimentation and profit. And uh, AJ shared a lot of that on the podcast that he guest hosted, um, everything you need to know about fetal organ trafficking and harvesting. So, um, of course, AJ is uh, with us here in D.C. this week for the March for Life and to try to find some uh, Moloch serviles. Um, and uh, do a little poking them in the eye and prodding and uh, trying to bring out the inner demon, if you will, to make a public spectacle of them and their ideas. Um, their ideas which should be ridiculed, which should be laughed at uh, and laughed out of the public square and reasonable discourse. And that's much of the culture that we're trying to build at the White Rose Resistance and I think needs to be the next chapter of the culture and courage of the pro-life movement in this post-Roe moment. So uh, buckle up, you're in for a treat with A.J. Hurley. I'm Seth Gruber. And this is Unaborted. AJ, welcome to the show, brother. Dude, thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, you it's fun because uh, I've had you on like twice digitally. Yep. And then I had you guest host an episode Which in person when I was awesome. out of town. Which was awesome. Thank you. For but that. then we never actually did a recording in person, which is which just very me. strange. It's kind of strange. That yeah. We yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, bro. Well, uh, it's, it's good to be here with you. A lot has changed. Um, it seems like the, the culture wars have sped up and mm -hmm. heated up. At, at almost an unprecedented rate. And it, it's, it, it's felt like that since, I mean, one could argue since Obergefell, mm -hmm. uh, one could argue mm -hmm. since March of 2020 when they mm -hmm. shut down the country for a fake scamdemic. Sure. Um, but it, it feels faster and hotter maybe than ever, which is saying something because it, it, it already has felt like that. And it's, it's, I, I feel like we're almost past the Rubicon line, uh, which if for people, that means the point of no return, totally. uh, culturally, politically. And now, last week, the uh, Republicans in the House proposed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors mm -hmm. Protection Act again, which is a very simple piece of legislation we just talked about on the show with uh, abortion survivor Sarah Zagorski. But it, it, Ben Sass was the one that mm -hmm. revived it in 2019. Yeah. And it was an improved version of Bush's Born Alive Infant Protection, Protection Act, Act, but with teeth. Yep. And all it says is if the baby's born alive during a botched abortion, you must care for the baby, give them proper medical care. 
transfer them to a hospital and give them the same level of medical and treatment and care as any other baby would receive born at the same gestational age under normal circumstances. And if you don't care for that baby, Mm -hmm. then there are legal consequences, right? There's teeth to the legislation for the abortionist and the abortion staff workers that don't report the fact that a baby was born alive during a botched failed abortion or who neglect to care for that child. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's pretty, pretty basic. Every Republican in the House votes for it. Every Democrat but one votes yeah. against it. Um, the same thing virtually happened in 2019 and 2020. Pelosi vetoed the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, AJ, I believe over 70 times from when SAS proposed mm. it, sponsored it in 2019, uh, to when it kind of breathed its last attempts in 2020 or 2021. Uh, so the Democrat Party is being very clear. They want to expand the ideology that makes abortion reasonable in the first place mm-hmm. after birth as well. Mm-hmm. So just just I mean, one examples of, of many. But the reason why I love you, brother, and I love the work you do is because we talk a lot about ideas on this show. You know, I talk a lot about ideas because mm-hmm. I'm a speaker. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to use speech to mobilize and awaken people. But but for this, a lot of this is, is far more physical and fleshly for you. Uh, there's a lot more flesh to these ideas for you. It's not just it's not just ideological. Um, you have made choices and decisions in your life um, to live in accordance with those ideas sure. and truth that have actually yielded a lot of pain, mm-hmm. uh, trauma, sorrow, and consequences for you and your family. Yeah. So for maybe people who are new to the show or maybe people who miss some episodes with you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah. the work you've done with survivors, first before we get to where you're at now because i think a lot of people just heard you on the podcast but don't actually know yeah a lot history, of, of your history right? and what you do yeah so thanks man so what's unique i think about me as a pro-life activist is i have a, have a unique background like not a lot of people that are in this movement have a medical background where they've actually worked with babies right and that's so right. that's kind of what sparked this whole thing with yeah. me and this love for the unborn. So how did you get into that? Tell that was, story. So, yeah. So I did my undergraduate. I studied biological sciences. And then I did an extra two years um, after my um, bi- uh, after my biology degree uh, in respiratory care. So I became a respiratory care practitioner. Caring for preemies. Premature. And, yeah. And... and, and and also uh, pediatrics. So, wow. um, so I was putting these little children on ventilators, and what at, ages? Uh, at UCLA, they take care of ages from 22 weeks up, right? So, wow. um, and so 21 weeks is like the cutoff that they've ever been able to save a child, right? So, v- youngest is, baby ever born and survived 21 weeks in one day. Yes, I believe but, so. Yeah. And so, uh, you know. Anything from 21 weeks on, we're trying to save that. And so I'm looking at these children whom we are putting all of our time, all of our resources, all of our energy into saving these little children. And at UCLA, which is part of this network of UCs that are literally taking the organs of children from their abortions and using them for fetal organ trafficking, right? So at the, and I didn't even know this at the time. I had no clue. I was working at this organization, this organization, this institution, where I'm putting 21, 22, 23, 24 week old gestational children, premature babies on ventilators, trying desperately to save their lives. And across the hall 
in another area that I don't even know where it is. They were literally dismembered 24-week-old children, dismembering them limb from limb, taking their life-giving organs, and then selecting them into their research programs and using their organs for fetal tissue research, government-funded, tax-funded NIH government research projects. So, And AJ, what's the difference between the child born at 22 weeks that the hospital is working heroically to save and the child at 24 weeks in the separate wing of the same addressed building mm -hmm. that the hospital is actively working to dismember and dissect? What's the difference between those two children? AJ? The only difference, brother, is one thing. A mere fiat decision of which one is valuable and which one isn't. That's right. One is wanted and one is unwanted. Yeah. One is Lebensinvertensleben, mm. life unworthy of life, mm. to quote the Nazis. That's mm. <laughs> how they mm. describe the Jews. Yeah. And and one is very much wanted. Yeah. Yeah, brother. And and that. So so when did you come to the realization that the hospital you were working in, as a nurse, am I right? Uh, as a respiratory as therapist. A, as, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. um, was killing children at the same gestational age and older. And then working to heroically save babies sure. at the at the same gestational yeah, It age. wasn't until after I started getting involved in the pro-life movement. So I'm looking at these children and I'm like, wow, this baby should be in a womb for another three months, you know? Yeah. And I'm I'm looking at this child and I'm saying, it I'm gonna put you on a ventilator for another three weeks and we can still dismember you. No legally yeah. right i'm looking at this precious image of god and i'm realizing that my government and down the hall my institution i'm working for my employer is taking the arms and legs of these children and they're literally pulling these arms and legs off pain capable at 12 weeks right pain capable viable children whose i mean organs they need their organs for these research projects what does that say? I mean, if you want to say this isn't a child, <laughs> this isn't a human being, but but also need... we're, we're we're very carefully titling the names of the human organs that we want to harvest. Yeah. But it's not a human. Oh yeah, it's not a person. Exactly. But we just have very human terms for the organs that we want to profit off of selling. <laughs> and and definitionally, they have to be human in order for it to be a human thymus. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, you you know, you, you and I all know that this conversation is stupid because we all know we're killing babies, yes. right? And, and, and they that's why that. I'm over the conversation about trying to convince people that they're human beings. Mm -hmm. I don't care about that conversation anymore, AJ, mm -hmm. because they all know they're human beings. Yes. I mean, you, you had uh, you had Alan Guttmacher, the president of Planned Parenthood from the 70s, right on page three of his book, Life in the Making, regarding whether people knew when human life begins. AJ, he said, quote, this all seems so simple and evident that it's hard to picture a time when it wasn't part of the common knowledge. Mm. So I, I don't care about that mm -hmm. conversation. Faye Waddleton, the president of Planned Parenthood from the 80s or 90s, told Miss Magazine in a 1997 interview, she said, I think we have deluded ourselves into believing that people don't know that abortion is killing. Yeah. So any pretense that abortion is not killing is a signal of our ambivalence, a signal that we cannot say, yes, it kills a fetus. So, so that conversation is stupid. Yeah. We should we should tuck that away with the tooth fairy. Um, nobody thinks that it's not a human being. Everybody knows it's a human being. The question of when human life begins only becomes difficult to answer when you want to start killing people. Yeah. Suddenly they go, oh, well, we don't really know. I mean, yeah. the science is really undisputed. It's yeah. like, yeah, only because you want to kill them and harvest their organs. Absolutely. But, but AJ, you're, you are quite seasoned 
in this conversation, unfortunately, through personal experience. Uh, and so given your personal experience, the reason why I want to talk about some of this with you is because uh, even even some of the listeners of this show, um, which I not, you know, not so humbly think is one of the most educational pro-life podcasts, you know, toot my own horn. I, I agree. But I work hard on it. You <laughs> know, so, so but, I'm, but the reason I say this is even even some informed pro-lifers mm-hmm. are not aware of how grisly Mm -hmm. some of the practices are on the post-abortion end Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) right after the baby's been killed or sometimes if they flip out alive so because of what you just said Mm -hmm. caring for these babies on on respirators that are often at the same gestational age and sometimes uh younger Mm -hmm. than or older than babies being dissected for their organs I, I want you to explain a little bit about how all of this works okay. because this, and, and we have a very educational episode you did yeah. on my podcast explaining yeah. this and you guys should go back and listen to that. But if you missed that, I think we called it everything you need to know about fetal organ, fetal organ harvesting. Yeah. Uh, so you guys should go and listen to that, but, but give us kind of like, like you're talking to greenies, okay. like, like help us understand sure. this side of the abortion industry. Cause it's, it's kind of a behemoth mm-hmm. by in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about when we're talking about this? Like, sure. how are they performing mm. the abortions? Do they change how they do it? Are they getting consent from the mom? Yeah. What are the different ways they perform abortions? How do they make sure they keep the tissue unspoiled? Totally. Because they, they, they want intact, healthy organs sure. after they slaughter yeah. the kid because they need to sell. Like, assume nobody knows what totally. this how this works because yeah. I think a lot of people don't. Yeah. It's, it's so disturbing to think about. So I'll start with how abortions are performed in this country. One of usually three ways, right? So you either get aborted via pill, a medication abortion. You get in- RU486. Yes, yeah. Uh, Mifepristone, misoprostol, right? Yep. So, or you are, a DNA is performed. Um, Dilation and evacuation. Yes. And how um, does that work? Um, so uh, normally, so in a first trimester abortion, it's usually, um, and I'm speaking in generality, so there's always outliers here. Uh, sometimes they'll do abort, pill abortions. and Well, DNC would be the next sorry, abortion yeah. after an abortion yes, pill, right? Yes, So, um, So let me first go trim- first trimester. First trimester, it would be a pill abortion or a DNC. So, um, and obviously sometimes they'll do a pill abortion into the second trimester. That's very yeah. dangerous, but sometimes it happens. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna see a lot more of that. Maybe we'll get into the pill abortion and everything that's happening. So it's a uh, pill abortion in a DNC. So dilation and crotage. What, what happens is they dilate the cervix, they go in and they scrape out with a curette. They will just scrape out the- Or section the, first. Well, they will first cut the, the child out with a, with a uh, cure it and then they'll take a, a, a vacuum aspirator and, and suction out all the the product of conception which is a cute little euphemism for yeah. for a baby yeah, right yeah. and so that goes up to the first trimester second and third trimester anything the second past the first trimester into the second or third is called labeled it's late term considered a late term abortion and that they will do one of two ways they will either uh, generally speaking there's outliers there too but uh, DNA, dilation and evacuation, or they will do a labor induction abortion. And, and dilation and evacuation, explain that. Just, like a, steps, but... just like a D and E, 
I'm sorry, DNC, excuse me. However, um, the baby is much larger now. So they have to, they will dilate what they use is- No suction vacuum here. This no, is all so, forceps. Yes. So what they will do is they'll put a laminaria. So it's a type of seaweed that they use. They'll stick up to 20 laminaria, uh, sometimes even, uh, usually 10 to 15 laminaria into a woman's cervix to dilate it. It yeah. swells up um, and then they will basically have a big gaping hole that they can stick surgical instruments into. They will take a some forceps or sofa clamp and they will pull off the arms and legs. They will crush the skull. And then they will. And when the white chase begins to flow, you know that you've crushed the baby's brains. Yes. And it's funny when I describe abortion, sometimes AJ, I'll say, you know, I'll say, you know, dissecting or dismembering the baby or tearing their limbs off. Mm. And one of the things that pro-choice advocates love to always say is, you know, fake news. Right? They yeah. love to say that doesn't yeah. happen. That's not how abortions happen. Mm. Um, well, correct. It's not how the majority happen because 90% of abortions are performed in the first trimester. Yes. So the majority would be the abortion pill or a DNC. Mm -hmm. But when you kill roughly a million babies a year in the United oh, yeah. States, Small percentages represent very large numbers, don't they? Totally. So, so, how, so, so, 10,000, 20,000 oh, yes. late term yeah, exactly. abortions every single year. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. think about that. I mean, yeah. the, the 9 11 was 3,000. Well, if, if I have my numbers correct, uh, AJ, um, there are roughly 12,000 abortions each year um, after 21 weeks. Um, but the second trimester doesn't begin at 21 weeks. Mm. Right. Yeah. The second trimester would begin at 13, 13, weeks. 13 weeks. So, <laughs> so that's just 12,000 roughly babies killed a year that are documented at mm -hmm. a particularly grisly stage, oh, 21 weeks. Yeah. That still leaves everything from 13 to 21 weeks. So we're talking about tens of thousands, tens of, thousands uh, of, of babies being yes. killed um, at in this way where you're you're dilating the cervix with with seaweed and then yes. you're ripping arms and yes. legs off so mm -hmm. but it's so funny to always see the reaction mm -hmm. of pro-abortion supporters when when you describe abortions mm -hmm. after that 13 week stage they they don't they don't like it when no. i use the words dissecting dismembering no. and disemboweling uh, why because the, the, that the, the, those terms are very humanizing mm -hmm. yeah um, and they, that's the last thing they can have is any humanizing language about the victims. Absolutely. But so, so we've got dilation and evacuation mm -hmm. now that's, that's happening usually after around 13 or post 13 yes. weeks. But what if we're like at 24, 23 weeks? Well, yeah. So a labor induction will be the, the next one. So what they'll do instead, they, they still, they will dilate, but here they will actually dilate the woman up to a day or two. They'll send, they'll put, the, insert the laminaria, send her home to dilate for a day or two, and then they will bring her back in and then induce labor. So they'll, they'll give her uh, large doses of misoprostol, a drug called misoprostol. Um, by the way, you, you hope that... Uh, the baby doesn't come out alive. Doesn't fall out while she's dilating at home. Yes. Or, that, or they send her to a hotel. Or that the, the baby doesn't come out alive. So what's a lot of times, so there's a there's a few drugs. The most common is a drug called digoxin yeah. that they give. So when, they're, when they are dilating the woman the first day she comes in, they're putting the, the, the seaweed in. And then they're, before they send her home, they take a long needle through her abdomen into the fetus. The and skull they, or the heart, I believe. Yeah, yeah they, if they can. They, anywhere in the child, they'll aim for the chest if they can or the head. 
uh, but this drug digoxin will stop the baby's heart. Or potassium chloride. They, so, they go back and forth, but digoxin is more common. So uh, potassium chloride technically uh, can only be given in a hospital setting because it will cause, it causes, it's incredibly dangerous. So it, yeah. it will, it's causes heart cardiac arrest in women. If they don't hit the child, the, the chances of actually killing a mother are incredibly high. So uh, the, 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 Protocols say that they, they should only be giving KCL or potassium chloride in the hospital setting. Yep. Uh, now, what another, happens, AJ, if they inject digoxin into the baby in the third trimester or late second trimester? Mom comes back after 24, 36, or 48 hours um, for the abortion, and the baby's still alive. So, um, hopefully, and under ideal, cons- ideal circumstances, they do this under ultrasound guidance, but what we know and what I've, I have the unique, um, I won't say a privilege, uh, unique tragedy of, of finding out is being one of the people that's held the victims of partial birth abortion and babies that have upon all prima facie evidence have been born alive. And this happens all the time, brother, because there is zero accountability. There is zero oversight. And uh, these abortions... And anytime pro-lifers try to do an investigation, Planned Parenthood just trots out to a friendly judge and and, and, uh, blocks any any investigation into the abortion. And more... And if people... This sounds crazy. When we hear you and I talk like this, it's, it's common knowledge to us because we're in the know. It sounds crazy until you actually look at the bills that they pass. When you look at Prop 1 in California, that protects a child, an abortionist and the mother who a baby born alive and they do nothing to assist in that. The legislation now written into states like California, states like Michigan, Vermont, um, I think it's uh, uh, Maryland, uh, it's Ca- Vermont uh, Colorado, too. Vermont. Perinatal. Um, talk, talk, talk about... Um, what that means, AJ. Yes. Um, and why the Democrats in these various pro-abortion states this is important. I want you to educate sure. us why they were so insistent on keeping the word perinatal. Yes. In these various state legislations, state laws that were that were intended to protect abortion through point of birth. But why were they so hung up? post row yes. on putting the word perinatal into the law. So think about Because this. I've been told that the Democrats, they're just for abortion, mm-hmm. AJ. But I mean, come on, they're not like Peter Singer, like Moloch infanticidal crazies, right? Man, it is deplorable when you realize, so I'm looking at, and I'll we'll probably get into justice for the five and and the fact that I'm, I'm looking at a child who has been induced into labor that is sitting in the amniotic sac how do you kill a child? How is a child not born alive if it's sitting in the amniotic sac completely unadulterated? So you deliver this child out, let it die on an operating table most likely, and the amniotic sac is not punctured. So what that tells me is you've never given a needle because that, that would have punctured, the, that amniotic would have punctured sac. the amniotic sac. And you didn't dismember this child in the womb, right? So we catch you red-handed. We catch you. The smoking gun is a child fully in its amniotic sac. And we bring the evidence to the police. 
it takes them not even a full work day to say no crimes committed, no investigation will be performed and no autopsy. So I, so let's, I want you to tell your story in a second because I don't think I, I, I had you tell a part of it, but I don't think I ever had you tell the whole thing. But, um, but, but what is it with this word perinatal? Sure, sure. So, why are they hung up on it and how does that play? So what, why is that a puzzle and piece? And I'm, I'm glad we prefaced this question for me actually describing the abortion process, because think about this. If you put 15 laminaria in a, in a woman's cervix and then send her home. Yeah, what does that or, do? Or you send her to a hotel. States like California now have become destination locations right. where they're funding through taxpayer dollars, funding abortion. And we're sending these women, <clears throat> pregnant women, to these places on abortion vacations, fully funded by the taxpayer. Hotels, everything. Yep. You, you load this woman up for her cervix to dilate, and then you send her a hotel to a hotel room for a day or two. What happens at that point? If you don't give digoxin because how expensive it is and you're a profiteer, you send her and the baby, you di overdilate her a little bit too much and the baby comes out. And by the way, we, we've read, we have stories of this happening. So what AJ is saying, guys, this is not like, this, this is a very is important conversation because like you're, you're hearing guys, the, let's call it the breaking edges of the culture of death. Um, as if slaughtering babies in the womb just for profit wasn't worse, wasn't sure. bad enough. Sure. This is where the abortion industry is going. It's mm -hmm. where it's how it's transforming. It's how sure. it's molding. Um, and we have stories of women this has happened to, mm -hmm. right? Who are pro-life and are kind of blowing the trumpet now. Um, and of investigations that, that sometimes the court documents get released and we can actually read about what happened with various criminal investigations. But th this, this happens guys. Okay. Yes. This happens. Women give birth while waiting in a hotel room before they're supposed to return back to the abortion clinic for Absolutely. the for the finalizing of the late-term abortion because they were overdilated and the baby fell out. Yes. Sorry, baby continue. Falls out. Or, or even you start inducing an extramural delivery happens. Like, right, you, there's the chances of a baby coming out when you don't want it to and when you're not ready for it. And so we're, we, we're seeing with the Dave Daleiden stuff, the videos that, right, that come out, this happens. Um, and even in the protections in place with the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, my, my critique of that was, one, there is no enforcement mechanism, which is problematic. But even there's a clause in there that says, if you intend, you don't intend to. So if, um, if I accidentally give too much misoprostol and this child comes out, Oh, I didn't intend for the baby. All you have to do is just say in your notes, I didn't intend to do this abortion. So, so we're so you're talking about some yes. of the results why is, of these late-term abortions and the ways they perform. Why them. what's the perinatal phrase? So so this child comes out, and then all of a sudden you're in a predicament because this woman now has a child that she doesn't want that is now outside of the womb and alive. Okay, and the abortionist wants to cover his rear end from any criminal or civil liabilities for telling a woman, don't do anything, flush it down the toilet or throw it away, a live child. Who gets sued at that point or who gets criminally prosecuted? So we literally have 
legalized infanticide in states like California, states like Colorado, and states like Michigan. Now, you may have read the legislation closer than I did, AJ, so correct me if I'm wrong, but here's my understanding. Uh, in particular with the California legislation, and my guess is the other states kind of just copy and paste it, something similar, is it was preventing investigations. So Prop 1 in California, for example, yes. that, that wrote abortion mm -hmm. through point of birth into the California state constitution. Mm -hmm. But they had this hang up with Prop 1 and, mm -hmm. and oh, I'm sorry, with perinatal. Yes. That they were also pushing an AB 2223, mm -hmm. which yes. did that go through, by the way? It did go yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and by the way, if you guys are in California, you remember AB 2223 brought like all like Pastor Huge Jack Hibbs and all these yeah. wonderful other pastors. And I believe thousands of, of God fearing pro-life mm -hmm. Californians to the state capitol yeah. to protest this. But they snuck this in. And so it would prevent investigations into the into the um, death of a, of a child through abortion, mm -hmm. miscarriage, and then it said or perinatal death. Yes. And then you go look up the term perinatal, and it, it could refer to a baby up to twenty eight days yeah. after yeah. birth. Mm -hmm. And so now, oh, okay, now we start to understand. Yeah why they were so focused mm -hmm. on getting that in there because they don't want to be um, prosecuted yep. or be liable for babies that they know mm -hmm. are going to die after birth. Yeah. yeah. So now, yeah. now where does organ trafficking and fetal tissue research, where does that play a role in this conversation in regards to their political and financial incentives, but also into their political strategizing and covering, covering their butt. Like how, where yeah. does that conversation enter Well, this? so the, it's interesting because the last time we were able to talk about fuel trafficking, it was before Dobbs, right? So now we're after Dobbs, we're after the legislation that's gone through with all these states. And now in states like California and all the ones that we've been discussing now, you can kill a baby up to birth. And so what does this do now to change the laws? Well, and to, and to be clear and to be fair, you already could in those states. You just needed to claim that the abortion was severely impacting your emotional health. Sure. And you could sure. still get the you could still get the approval from the abortionist, but it's just easier now. But the uh, but many of the contracts for, for these fetal organ contracts, they have to be elective abortions. Hmm with free from fetal or abnormalities or anything. And this, and this, you doubt me on this, just go research the studies that I, that, that we, we published. And it literally spells out 24 week old gestational child, free from abnormalities from elective abortions. So we're not hiding anything. It's not conspiracy theorists. This theory, this is, this is just public knowledge. So in reference to this now, we, because of, this post Roe, post Dobbs, now constitutional amendment protected activity through abortion all the way to the day of birth, we're most likely going to be seeing a lot more studies coming out to third trimester children. Uh, brains, I mean, now they don't have to, they don't have to hide any of these things, right? Before yeah. it was like, how how are you getting this type of um, research projects on how are you getting brains, how, yeah. you know, without a partial birth abortion, without these things. So one of the most shocking discoveries I made a while back researching this AJ and you and I've talked about this. Yeah. So maybe touch on this for our listeners. Um, some abortionists don't use di digoxin mm -hmm. 
when they're performing late-term abortions because it can spoil the tissue. Yes. It can spoil, well, the body parts of the child and organs that they can profit off of obtaining and selling. Am I right? Yeah. So that was the other thing I was going to say about this. So these abortion, the abortion industry profits in really at least three ways. They profit off of um, the abortion themselves, right? So they they charge money for the abortion. They profit off of um, us funding, federally funding abortion through our tax, like paying payer dollars. So we fund just Planned Parenthood to exist. We give them so many millions of dollars a year. I forgot the stats off the top of my head. And then after it's all done, they profit off of from us off of selling the organs of the babies that they charge the women to have the abortions. Then on the back end, they profit now. We find found out through people like David Delighton and his amazing undercover research or yeah, undercover journalism that they are profiting off of the sale of the body baby body parts after yeah. the fact. Right. So we federally federally subsidize abortion. They charge these women thousands of dollars. Oh by the abortion. way, they they can make two to three times on an abortion if if it's being uh, financed through the state. Sure. They sure. can they can get a lot oh, more yeah. money off of killing a child. If, if it's a poor patient who can't afford to pay cash. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's federal subsidies, everything kick in, right? So, and then they fund, they, they get paid on the, on the back end yeah. selling these uh, organs to research grants that are, are federally funded. Yeah. So we are subsidizing these federally funded. So the question now is what, why in the heck would they need organs of children for a for research. What, what, what's the deal? Why didn't they need the organs of these babies? So Regeneron is a company that everybody probably knows because Regeneron is one of the, the, the companies that they like pr- produced a, a pharmaceutical, tons of pharmaceutical drugs, but vaccines and, and everything. So Regeneron, there is a guy, I think his name is George Yiannopoulos. Uh, He's this, one of the CEOs of, of Regeneron, but he patented a technology because human trials are complicated. You have to use humans and these are experimental drugs. So it can be very dangerous and can be very costly and time consuming. So, but what if you could get an animal to behave like a human? Well, how do you get an animal to behave like a human? Because they have a completely different immune system. And the things that work on animals don't always work on humans. So what if we could nuke the immune system of a lab mouse and then graft human organs onto that lab mouse and then test all of our research and development now on these humanized mice? So the term humanized mice is one you probably were familiar with if you have paid any attention during COVID. And these humanized mice trials are now all over the, the place. And Yonkopoulos and Regeneron made billions of dollars on the patents alone that they, they got. They partnered wow. with Gates and Yale to 
develop this technology that nukes, destroys the natural immune system of a, of a mouse or a lab rat so that it accepts the human organs. It would normally reject them. Now it accepts we can graft cells and graft organs of livers and thymuses from these lab yeah. mouse and lab rats, graft them onto lab mouse. And now we test our vaccine. We test our pharmaceutical drugs and the mice behave exactly in the same manner that a human would. Which is why I call Fauci the Joseph Mengele of this generation. And my, the listeners of this podcast have heard me go into detail about Fauci and Francis Collins funding of the University of Pittsburgh yeah. and some of the humanized mice trials that go on there and the scalping of, of babies. Yeah. heads killed through late-term abortions and then the infant human hair that grows on the back of the rat yes um, yeah. but but but, but, they, but but they've done other oh, organs yeah. attached to the lab rat not just the scalps of babies sure. um inserted subcutaneously mm -hmm. on lab rats if i, if yeah. I recall and judicial watch also exposed this yeah um and we have the pictures mm -hmm. we have pictures of rats yeah. with infant human hair growing on their back public publicly released yeah. yeah all all from so what what aj record. is saying guys is uh you got to get the baby body parts. Yeah. Right? That's what yeah, you're saying. Exactly. And so the problem when it comes with ethics here, and, it's, and I use that term ethics loosely, right? Because we're defining mm -hmm. ethics not in the biblical sense because we would just say all of this is pure demonic evil, right? But by their own standards, by the standards of you shouldn't have a baby come out alive. And if it, you can kill it in the womb, but if it comes out alive, then that's unethical. By their own standards, you can't use the drug that stops the baby's heart so it doesn't come out alive because that same drug, whether it's lidocaine, whether it's digoxin, or whether it's KCL, um, nukes the stem cells, destroys the stem cells of the tissues and the organs that we need to acquire for our research projects. So the question now is, how are they doing it if we know like like for instance the skull right so we we know they have skulls they're growing they're they're putting skulls on mice and they're growing mice they're growing baby hair on these mice so the question is how are you doing this without a partial birth abortion because if we do a dne you're going to crush the skull and you can't use a usable skull mm -hmm. right but if you do a labor induction, you have to give digoxin and then you fry the stem cells that, that you need. Hmm. So how are you doing this wow. legally without these babies being born alive? I see. So what you're saying is the fact that they're obtaining healthy, intact fetal Skulls. organs fetal is organs. proof positive that the way in which they're obtaining them is itself illegal. That's what you're saying, if I, if I understood what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, there was a, I have the research. We can pull it up on a different podcast if anyone emails or asks and I have the research and I have the, I have the, the study and, and the, the uh, date uh, where the FDA admitted that if you, no, it was the Society for Family Planning. Yes. That if, if you use digoxin. Yeah. Uh, no, if, if you, you don't, don't use, di use digoxin in a labor induction procedure, there's a 50% chance that the baby will come out alive before they're killed in the womb. Mm -hmm. So if the Society for Family Planning, a pro-abortion organization, yes, guys, pro -abortion, is, totally, is yeah, admitting this, exactly. and I covered this like a year and a half or something. I, if you guys ask for it, I, I have it all, all um, archived. Um, then... 
we have to ask the question, AJ, why aren't we hearing reports? Mm -hmm. Totally. Because you would be required to report that. Yeah. Right? A baby born alive. And and then and then if it is happening, and we're not hearing reports about it. Sure. Then why are we not hearing reports yeah. about it? Oh, oh, because you're killing them. Yes. Yeah. So now, AJ, if 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 we're following the science in our conversation mm -hmm. together, and, and we have evidence from pro-abortion organizations admitting the data we just gave, yeah. then we're we're very reasonably positioned to assume or to know yeah. that they are dissecting mm -hmm. and cutting up babies mm -hmm. while they're alive after they've been born. Am I correct, AJ? When not only is this speculation through deductive reasoning, Seth, we have eyewitness testimony from Holly O'Donnell, which was the, uh, a whistleblower from a company called AVR, I believe. That's so right. STEM Express, one of the two. Yeah. And she was a tissue procurement officer. Yeah. She had the horrible job. ABR, Advanced Bio. Science Resources. Bioscience. So she had the horrible job of being a middleman between the research one, uh, research institutions and the abortion facilities. So she would go to the abortion facility, acquire the organs of these children, and then go deliver them. So What's her name she, again? Uh, Holly O'Donnell. Did they kill her? Uh, yeah. I don't think alive. so. No, she's, she, she died. She died. Oh, she did? Yeah, she did die. Yeah. Oh, but um, she, this was recent. No, no, no. She's been, she's been dead for quite, quite some time. Oh, now, okay. But, but, um, but so she's an older whistleblower. She, yeah, she's an older whistleblower. So what did she, what did she say happened? So she went online and totally testified that she looked at hearts beating in Petri dishes that yep. had just been executed. Yep. So there you go. So, um, and we, we, they but delivered I'm sure, AJ, this that was probably like a super rare, it was probably like a super, super rare isolated case, just like the babies that you unpack from boxes from the Washington DC surgery center yeah. with their heads collapsed yes. in. I'm yeah. sure that was also yeah. just, it was probably just a total isolated yeah. one. I mean, how many yeah. times does this have to happen? Right. And, uh, you, every time this happens, Seth, whether it's David Delayden giving this, eyewitness testimony, giving the undercover footage, or whether it's Teresa Bakovanak and Lauren Handy and myself delivering a box of children over to the DC police that skulls snipped in classic, classic partial birth abortion fashion in a whole intact in-call children in the amniotic sac, catching them red-handed, what happens? Nothing. The pro-abortion establishment runs cover for big abortion and, and then ends Lauren. up prosecuting the very people that exposed it. Yeah. Now, David Delayden is facing 10 felonies. Um, Lauren gets charged with a felony. They start coming after me. They, you know, it, it's, it's like clockwork. Yep. You catch them red-handed and you expose big abortion. Yep. And then they turn, run cover for these horribly wicked people. And uh, I'm I'm trying very hard right now not to start talking about the uh, 
Christian leaders and pastors who we were told to respect by their books and share them with relatives mm. who all vote for the very party yeah. that is behind this and give spiritual license to their congregation to do so. Because if they weren't doing that, we might actually have an evangelicalism in America mm. that actually stands shoulder to shoulder with people like you, AJ, mm -hmm. and doesn't allow this to happen. Yeah. I, but I don't want to go there right now. We are short on time. Um, but I, I do want to talk and have you share a little bit about your story. Sure. Um, so we've talked a lot about what's happening. So you guys are listening to like some of the stuff that we know happens in the abortion industry. Um, let me let me briefly say why this is wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I think sometimes when we have these moral conversations, AJ, we have what uh, Leon, the philosopher Leon Cass called uh, the wisdom of repugnance. Mm. There's a wisdom to repugnance, mm. meaning you see something or you hear something that is so obviously evil mm. that you immediately go, oh, yeah. It's that, that, that repugnant response you have. And there's a wisdom to that. Mm -hmm. to, and and you, your, your neurons might not be firing to the extent that you can give a philosophical explanation as to why, but you still go, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man, yep. but that's wicked. That's wrong. So there's a wisdom to that. Um, but I think some people struggle with giving just really clear language as to why it's wrong. Mm. So there are four reasons why. Uh, fetal organ harvesting or fetal tissue research is wrong. One, you have to kill the baby to get their parts. Mm -hmm. the, <laughs> yeah. You have to kill the baby to get their parts. Mm -hmm. So without killing them, mm -hmm. the fetal organ harvesting doesn't happen. So that's obviously yeah. wrong. Secondly, it's wrong because it makes you an accomplice to the crime after the fact. Mm. It makes you an accomplice to the crime yeah. after the fact. Yeah. I want you to imagine for a second, guys, that a hospital becomes the beneficiary of a gang of killers mm. that provides it with fresh cadavers. Mm -hmm. But don't worry, the hospital's not killing any of these innocent mm -hmm. victims. Mm -hmm. It's the gangs that are doing it, mm -hmm. but then they bring the cadavers to the hospital so the hospital can perform ex experiments on cadavers and use them for scientific research and medical purposes. Mm -hmm. Would anyone see a problem with the hospital continuing relationship with mm -hmm. the gang of killers? I think so. I hope so. But hey, they didn't do the killing. Mm. It, it, it was those guys. That, no, we would say that makes you an accomplice of the crime after the fact, mm -hmm. right? By the way, um, guess what some of many of the Nazi doctors argued at Nuremberg? Mm. Many of the Nazi doctors argued that they, were, they did not kill the Jews. Mm. They were just performing experiments on their brains. Mm. It was the Nazis that yeah. killed the Jews. Mm -hmm. And yet we didn't accept their justification and reasoning in yeah. Nuremberg. Totally. We rejected it mm -hmm. because it made them an accomplice mm -hmm. to the crime mm -hmm. after the fact. Mm -hmm. And there, did you know this, AJ? There is hardly um, a medical journal today in existence that will publish the results of the Nazi experimentations mm -hmm. because of the nature of the crimes committed. Wow. Wow. That's second reason is wrong. Mm -hmm. Third reason is wrong is it creates an evil market for the evil means. Mm -hmm. Right. And we just talked about this. Mm. The first, the abortion industry profits off of killing the child. Totally. And then they, they, they build an additional market off of selling the baby body parts of the children they killed, which they wouldn't have had in the first place had they not killed the child. Yes. So it creates an evil market for the evil means. And fourthly, it communicates, AJ, that abortion could be a moral good mm. or have a redemptive yes. quality yeah. to it. Yeah. And that is wicked. Demonic now, way. I might have told you this one time, but um, I, don't, I don't know. There, there's a study from the University of Toronto from, uh, now I see now I, I don't have a committed memory. It's, it's, the, it's from the 1990s and I'll get the date, um, but I, I've shared it on, on Unaborted before. There's a study from the University of Toronto a couple decades ago 
that actually ask the question of women mm. if they would be more likely mm. to choose abortion if they knew and were informed that the tissue and organs would be donated mm. to medical use. Mm. So we have this study from the University of Toronto mm -hmm. it, it, interviewing women, AJ, who were already inclined to abort mm -hmm. and then asking them, yeah. would you be more likely yeah. or less likely to abort, to abort if you were told that the remains could be donated to scientific advancement in medical use? Bro, 17% of the women said they would be more likely mm. to abort. Mm. Um, or no, yeah, the, the women said that they'd be 17 times more likely. 17 times. So what does that mean? Yeah. Apply that to American figures mm. at pushing a million abortions a year, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Increase that by 17%. Mm. And that's an astronomical increase Jeez, in the number yeah. of abortions. Oh. So it, it, it communicates to women, hey, you can redeem mm -hmm. your immoral yeah. act. You're planning on killing your baby? You should definitely do it because yeah. we'll donate the pieces of your child Jeez. to help the born, right? Yeah. Wow. So so those are the four reasons why it's wrong. Um, and I think we should be clear on that. We should yeah. be able to explain that sure. and speak to that. But um, but this this is so real to you yeah. because you actually have been fighting this stuff and, held the and you've held the victim. So yeah. so as we just wind down, because some people might not have heard your story, what's what happened last year? Before, you, before I go yeah. there, can I actually add one addendum to that? Yeah. What's even more crazy about that is the second point you made, that the hospitals themselves are accomplices. Not only the hospitals, Seth, but you and I, mm. the American people are yeah. accomplices. Because who pays for the federally funded research projects? Yeah, that's right. The taxpayer. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but on the day of judgment, there will be a reckoning, brother, and... I will be held accountable for every last, for if, if I'm held accountable for every thoughtless word, for every intention of my heart, how much more will I be held accountable the fact that I did nothing in the face of my government taking my taxpayer dollars and forcing me to pay for the organs of pain-capable, viable children being put on lab rats in the name of healthcare. Yep. And be, be at the very surface of all this, the baseline understanding of this is this notion. And because it, a lot of people listening could ask this question, like, what is the motive, AJ? Why in the world would they do this? And it's the same old lie, Seth, that we have believed for thousands and thousands of years. Ye shall be as gods. Yes. And when you look at pagan nations, the lore was this. Give us your babies. Throw your babies to the molten arms of Moloch. And in exchange, we'll make you healthy. Your crops will grow. You'll have financial success. Yep. What is the lore? The same lore. Give us your children. Fund research. Fund federally taxed, pipe-pair funded research projects through the NIH. And in doing so, we'll give you a vaccine. We'll let you live longer. We'll cure your Parkinson's drug. You yep. can give the, we'll give you the fountain of pharmaceutical youth if you will just but deliver the organs of your life, children, your children yep. to. And a lot drugs. of people, as you don't remember how hard the Democrats 
uh, pushed and continue to push for embryonic stem cell research. Even before fetal organ harvesting was quite the behemoth that it mm-hmm. is today, yeah. it, it was embryonic stem cell research. That mm-hmm. was the big golden calf yeah. then. So this is nothing new. Not and nothing so, new. and what you're saying is, is uh, well, it's it's obviously true, but it, it's also um, it's also a feature of, of quote unquote progressivism, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Um, because child killing to ancient pagan deities to, mm-hmm. to improve your own life is not new. It's mm-hmm. a very ancient yeah. idea. Yeah. So progressivism isn't progressive, it's regressive. Yeah. Their ideas are not more modern, but more ancient yeah. than exactly. the, the revolutionary founding fathers of, Amer- yeah. of America. But here's the point. Today, th- that is that machine is more finely tuned and effective than it ever was under the Canaanites. Absolutely. Or the same, Aztecs. Say, same deities, same demons being worshipped. Um new sophisticated but aj i mean you know i was told jd greer he's a great Mm. guy and and he's a registered democrat and Mm. tim keller i mean Mm -hmm. come on he loves the lord and he's a registered democrat and russell moore he's a great guy and he's a registered democrat so there must be room yeah when in in big eva and it isn't christianity a big tent aj Mm -hmm. it's a big tent (laughs) Aren't, aren't you i mean don't you want more people in the christianity tent and so so i mean what's wrong with those guys i mean they're you know, are they, are you saying that you're more righteous and that they're wrong? That because because they love God and, and and they've been used by God, AJ. And so right. we should read Rick Warren's book and and you know we should buy Purpose Driven yeah. Life. I mean, you know, what do we say, AJ, to these? I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm being a little, but sure. what do we say to these kind of men who are all registered Democrats mm-hmm. who tell their congregations that they have spiritual license to vote for the very people mm-hmm. behind everything we just talked about? Yeah. That justification would have worked maybe for me in the 50s or 60s, right? When you had um, JFK type of (laughs) liberals, right? But when last week there was one Democrat out of 250 or just under one that says no to a bill that protects children being born alive. Every single one, except for one, says, I think those babies don't deserve any protection. I'm sorry, but I I can no longer look at a pastor and say, you are no longer, you are not complicit in the, the, the dismembering and destruction of little image bearers of God and that you are not a voice for righteousness in society or that you have not, you have, you've, I'm sorry, but you've utterly lost any moral high ground to call yourself a pastor. If you stand for this. I I, I sometimes say from pulpits and and you can see the the congregation squirm when I say this, but I sometimes say, um, you know, if I could, I wonder if I could dump the monthly supply of mutilated children Um, in that city on the doorstep leading into the office of that pastor mm-hmm. that he has to walk through to get to his desk mm-hmm. to prep his sermon mm-hmm. Saturday night. I yeah. wonder if he would live a little differently. Mm-hmm. But the reason I said that is because you're the closest person I know who's actually dealt with mm-hmm. the buckets of yeah. the very children that I'm talking about who are hidden, who are, they're hidden from sight, right? Mm-hmm. This is why Ephesians 5.11 says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, it's but rather expose them. Because abortion, it's its not an overstatement to say, is the most hidden injustice in world history. It's so clinical. It's so sterile. It's, it's behind clean 
perfume smelling uh, waiting rooms, mm -hmm. and we rarely ever see the victims. What happened to you last year, AJ, um, has not happened in the pro-life movement for many, many years, Ten years at least. Um, where pro-lifers were able to actually obtain bodies and bodies and bodies of the victims mm -hmm. because the abortion industry works so hard mm -hmm. to make sure that their victims are never seen. Yeah. We know that there would be millions of pro-choice moderates who vote for Democrats in this country yeah. who would immediately never vote for a pro-choice politician again, a pro-abortion politician again, if CNN and MSNBC mm -hmm. and ABC and the New York Times and the Washington Post and NPR mm -hmm. aired, well, showed photos sure. of the, the kind of babies that you held. So as we finish on this, you know, long form dialogue, which I hope is helpful to people because it's, it's very informative. Tell us what happened to you and your wife last year. Mm -hmm. To answer that question, I'll just say this. Never mind the fact that pastors would no longer vote for pro-choice candidates if they had the mangled bodies of these children put in their doorstep. How about their wives waking up for a year now with nightmares because of looking and holding the images of these precious children in your arms? What if their wives, right? The unspeakable horror, brother, of holding these children the unspeakable terror of holding the mangled image of God. That skull had been snipped by an abortionist and brutally murdered in demonic fashion. What that does to you as a man, not only holding them, but having to counsel and disciple and love your wife at 3 a.m. when she wakes up screaming because no human should have to endure that type of depravity. Or have it done to them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is, and, and we're just, I'm just speaking as a person that's held these babies. I'm not speaking of the real tragedy here, the real horrible aspect, the real demonic stronghold that's gripped this nation is the fact that this is happening to 3,000 children every single day and nobody gives a rip about it. Mm. Meanwhile, our pastors are pumping woke platitudes from the pulpit every single day or just focusing on their their and buildings budgets and baptisms yes and conveniently ignoring the real problem is that over a thousand black image bearers of god are being snuffed out every single day and they don't even give a rip about it and they had the gall to march and declare that black lives matter yes it, it, it is but what, what, what happened? Some people don't know your, so, your wife's story. Um, what happened last year? Because some pro-lifers that I know don't even know the story. Yeah. Because, because unless you're really a, 
committed to self-government and educating yourself. That story was covered up yeah. by the activist media yeah. like nothing I've ever seen before. So some March, people never even heard about it. March 25th, 2022, I got a phone call from two friends of mine. And you were here in D.C.? I was actually uh, just outside of D.C. I got a phone call, AJ, you need to come here immediately. I hopped on a train. I was there in a couple hours. And two friends of mine had were outside of Washington Surgery Center, a late-term abortion clinic in D.C. here, kills to the day of birth. And they convinced a driver of a medical waste company that was going to this this abortion clinic to pick up the bodies of the, the victims of these children that have been aborted there, was about to drive away to go burn these babies in a medical incinerator. And they approached this driver and said, hey, do you know what's in those boxes? Uh, this driver probably had no clue. I don't really know, but said no. And they said, those are the image, th those are, that is a box of the children of this community, community in DC, Baltimore area. And he was blown away. He was visibly disturbed they use this opportunity to say, can we give these babies a proper burial and dignity? Will you let us do that? And to their surprise, he said, yes. They took a box, took it back to their house, called you. We opened the box and inside the box sat was 115 image bearers of God, 115 precious children. 110 of them were first to second trimester and five of them were late-term third trimester. trimester children. What's even more striking was the fact that when we opened the buckets that these children were in and held the children and visually inspected them, many of them had overwhelming evidence that they had been born alive and were victims of infanticide. And, you know, uh, we're, we'll, we'll show some of those pictures right now, AJ. Yeah. So um, let's just, let's pause and show okay. people these images. And, and before you do that, I just want to show <clears throat> don't look away. The reason why abortion happens is because we can talk about this issue out there. When you look at the images of these children, Every, what you talked about, I forgot what terminology you said, the wisdom of repugnance. repugnance. That is what's keeping this legal. If everybody saw what abortion was, this would end very, very quickly. Yep. Abortion is the most demonic thing that you can ever do to an image bearer of God. And it has to end. Please do not look away and look at the images of what we call choice and what we call healthcare. That's right. And we'll we'll blow these up big right now for anyone watching on YouTube. And so these are our children that you unboxed, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And that you actually held. That is Christopher X. And so tell us as we show mm -hmm. these, AJ, about the the names of the That's five. Yeah that were in the late term that, yeah. that, that launched the campaign. Justice for the Five. Justice yeah. for the Five. This is Harriet. She was the one who had prima facie evidence of partial birth abortion. She, her back of her skull was snipped in classic partial birth abortion fashion. 
um, that is on hell right there. Um, probably actually 28 weeks gestation, roughly brutally dismembered in the womb. That's actually Harriet too. That's the same partial birth abortion victim. That's her also. But um, there was also Phoenix, which is a, a child that was uh, born, what's called in call, still in the amniotic sac that was most likely delivered alive and left to suffocate in her own amniotic fluid. And the last one uh, was Harriet, uh, third trimester child. Every single one of these, I can speak as a respiratory therapist, just looking upon these children, every single one of them most likely would have survived outside of the womb with little to no medical help at all. Yeah, yeah. So as William Wilberforce would once say, um, you may choose to look the other way, but you can no longer say that you did not know. Mm. So if you're listening to this on an audio platform, we have the link in the show notes for the YouTube link. So you need to go look at these images. And you know what, AJ? Mm. They need to show them to their pro-choice friends. Yeah. They should not even ask them. I'm mm -hmm. sorry if that's... Mm -hmm. If your friend or family member supports abortion, mm -hmm. you should just walk up to them and say, if, especially if you're having a conversation on abortion, you should say, yes. you have a moral and intellectual obligation. responsibility and obligation to view that which you mm -hmm. support. Yes. And here it is. Mm -hmm. um, Go to whatisabortion.com. Live Action has some of the best content. Or abortionno.org, www.abortionno.org, mm -hmm. that will actually show you abortion in progress mm -hmm. footage, which is something that many of you won't be able to handle. But again, it's something that if the whole country saw, yeah. This narrative would be very different. So, so AJ and you and your wife, you unboxed and held these children. And the city that we're in right now, mm -hmm. Washington, D.C., and her mayor, mm -hmm. Muriel Bowser, mm -hmm. um, which just seems so appropriately named. That, like, you know, it's Providence. Of course, her last name's Bowser. Mm -hmm. um, uh, refuses to perform any type of investigation. No autopsies. Into yeah. no autopsies to confirm whether this was partial birth abortions or not. And we all know why. Mm -hmm. Because they know it was. Mm -hmm. And they know that any investigation into what all Americans know to be disgusting will open up and swing mm -hmm. the doors wide yeah. to the entire industry yeah. that only operates with the approval of the American populace because of ignorance. Yeah. Now, not in every case, but in large cases, most Americans are ignorant about what's actually happening. And this was an important episode, AJ, to bring some light mm. and truth to that ignorance. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Any closing words? You know, I, I, I just, every week we'll have people come up to us, Seth, and they'll tell us that they saw the images of those babies and they changed their mind on abortion. Wow. That's how powerful the images of abortion are. Yep. So when you go through Holocaust Museum, right down the road from here, they will have image after image of, of Holocaust victims because a, a picture paints a thousand words yep. and, and a video. Yep. AJ, I just had a Catholic high school, big one, I just spoke out last week, deny me the request to show a 55 second mm -hmm. abortion victim photography clip. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, it's just um, too much. Mm. And uh, 
we don't want to like harm your message, mm-hmm. you know, by turning people off by seeing this. Mm. Here's a problem. When pro-lifers do that, when they hide and cover mm-hmm. up yeah. the victims, mm-hmm. the abortion industry has a field day. Oh, 100%. They laugh and they mock us mm-hmm. and they go, <laughs> the people who say they're pro-life are doing our jobs mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. which is what? What is the job of the abortion industry? To hide and cover up their crimes and make sure nobody sees their victims. Mm-hmm. And we do it for them. How stupid are we, AJ? Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you the names of some people who ought to know better mm-hmm. in the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. who publicly condemn the use of abortion imagery. They say, that's not the way. Mm. That's emotional manipulation. Yeah. yeah, go tell that to Emmett Till's mother. Jeez, exactly. Which is a you know story I've told before from stage. Mm-hmm. But um, until we start caring more about the lives of the unborn than the feelings of the born, yeah. none of this will change. Yep. So. The last thing I'll say is what's been unbelievably prov- providential about this was the timing of this. That's right. A month or so before Roe gets overturned, God allows for the first time ever video content showing through video the images of abortion. But it's as if before God does this amazingly providential, gracious work that we don't deserve, overturning Roe v. Wade. Our culture is in decline. Everything is just going headlong into sin and and just outright rejecting the God who loves us and died to save and rescue and redeem us. We are following headlong after that, spitting God in the face as a culture. And God does this unbelievably gracious act to overturn Roe. But before he does... And uses a mean tweeting orange man that big evangelicalism told us you were a bad Christian if you voted for, which is fascinating. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. And God, he he has a habit of doing these type of things. Even John Piper, Piper, bro. Even others like that basically wrote pieces essentially saying, don't vote for Trump. He's a mean, tweeting orange man. Mm -hmm. And isn't that, with everything you're saying, the providence of it and the man he chose to use, it it adds a fascinating element to our pious our pious evangelicalism in America. Yeah, but before he did it, and this was the point, was that God gave America one last look to peel back the curtain and look straight into the abortion clinic waiting room of the woman in stirrups about to deliver her child over to the demons and says, this is one last look of what you are doing as I'm graciously giving you one more chance. Yeah. And I only wish you could have been on Fox and I wish they would have shown the images. I wish, I wish more people would have um, had you on to tell the story and to show the pictures. So, so good work. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for coming on again, AJ. People, people love you and uh, respect you because of your courage. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Uh, please share this. Uh, if you have any questions, we refer to some data points we have archived. Uh, reach out. We'll get those to you. Um, well, we, we're uh, AJ and I are going to try to find some some Moloch serviles, some Baal worshippers, I think, this week and yes. try to poke them in the eye, try to poke and prod them. Seth, that's not very Christ-like or compassionate <laughs> or nice. Yeah, maybe it's because you haven't read the Old Testament. Maybe it's because uh, 
um, you've been reading too much Russell Moore and Tim Keller. Maybe you need to come into the real world mm. where babies are murdered and yeah. get your panties more in a wad over murdered children than mm. by my rhetoric. Yeah. Uh, there I am. I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> brother. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. Head on over to the uh, podcast, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Leave the show rating and review. Uh, share this widely, please. This will be on YouTube as well where we show you the images of the children killed through choice. Um, you can follow AJ on social media, and he's the new director of activism at, at Live Action as well. Um, and to see my speaking schedule, to book me for an event, uh, which is filling up quickly, you can go to sethgruber.com and leave the show rating and review, would you? Let us know what you think. Click, click five stars. That helps us reach more people. Until next time, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Unaborted. <laughs>